Welcome to the Mike on Much Podcast. I am your host, Mike Veerman. We are here with our friend and trusted producer, Max Kerman. We also have our pop culture aficionado, Shane Cunningham. Fellas, how are you doing? Max, I don't think your hair has been this long since we first met years ago, over a decade ago. I know, but here's the thing. When we met a decade ago, I didn't know about hair product, so I would just, if I let it grow, it would just poof up. It'd go out, yes. And I don't know if I like that sort of, that fro action on me. I, I look back at those photos and I think I look kind of stupid. But now with the invention of hair products, which I've only come to discover in the last two or <laughs> three years. They were invented before. You <laughs> no, I think they were, it was probably 2014, 2015 when they were discovered. Um, is if I put a little bit of sauce in my hair, it actually gives it a little bit of weight, droops down, and then I look like a hollow. Hollywood heartthrob. And so I was actually thinking, I'm not going to cut my hair for a very long time. I think next time we have an Arkell show, which who knows, maybe it's in the fall or something, I'm going to be hot. I'm going to be like a hot, hot, hot guy, just like Shane. This look you have right now, this is by design. This isn't like you just woke out of bed. (laughs) I did just have a nap. That is also true. And that's why I was late. I had to make myself a coffee. Um, But yeah. Do you like the eloquently disheveled kind of look? Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, if it's done right, sometimes I look like a crazy person, but right mm-hmm. now, it's like, it depends on the hour of the day. I, I think it works for you. It's I think it's cool. Right yeah. But you've never seen it like this long, but also with the weight, so it kind of droops over my face too in a cool way. Yeah. Nice. It'll usually just used to puff up back back in the you know, 2010 range. Yes. So, yeah. I remember, I think when we first started hanging, you had like a beard too. You had like a beard and and, a, and your hair was big. Mm-hmm. It yeah. was a look, man. And you have a beard now, Mike. I'm, I'm a little sh- surprised and impressed at how fast you were able to grow your facial hair. I feel like last I talked to you, you barely had anything, and now you have the mustache with a beard. I, you know, I've never had a beard. I've never had a beard this big. I stopped. It's funny that you say fast because we're like at the end of February, mm-hmm. and basically I stopped shaving on like New Year's Eve. So this is literally two months where I have not touched my face. Does Winnie like it? Is she is she impressed by it? This is the thing. I asked her, I started asking her like a week or like two weeks in. I was like, do you want, you know, daddy to shave his mustache? And she would say no. And now she like likes to like, you know, rummage with the beard, which is always like funny and cute. So I feel like if I cut it now, she's going to be pissed at me like legitimately. So I'm just, I'm going to keep going. Like I haven't trimmed the mustache or anything. It, basically, I always had this like weird fantasy. Where I was like, because I can't, first of all, for the listeners, I can't really grow like a beard. I don't know if it's like sort of the Indonesian in me, but it's like, it's always come in like patchy and weird. And I've never committed long enough to like, let it get past that stage. And then, you know, we're in a pandemic and I was like, I just stopped shaving one day and now it's two months later and I got a beard. So the mustache and the sides are the same length. Like you didn't try to get the mustache longer than this part. I haven't touched it, man. This is it. Like it's, and actually the mustache does go over the lip, which kind of makes eating weird, but I'm like, I'm committed to the bit, at least until I'm not, which is classic me. Like, I'll grow my hair long and then one day I'll randomly just cut mm-hmm. it. So who knows? Who do you think uh, among us has the most uh, variety of looks? Because I think Mike, when I look back on our friend group, you went through your like shaved head phase and then your mm-hmm. Fu Manchu thing. <laughs> uh, and now you got your beard and you've had long hair, long, like beautiful, like pop star hair. And now it's like more <laughs> short and dadly. Um, <laughs> Shane, you dadly, it's short and yeah, dadly. Yeah, it's a day. Short and dadly. Um, and uh, Shane, you've mostly just been a mustachioed man, except for your early days when you had blonde dyed hair. Well, who, 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 you know, I know I had the big fro and the afro kind of happening. I think Mike, though, you're the most versatile, would you say? Well, he changes his look the most, yes. Mm-hmm. Do all of those looks work, though, that he tries? <laughs> That's the question. <laughs> the jury is certainly out. No, they definitely don't all, they don't all work. 
Um, I mean, Max, you've said you you thought the shaved head looked all right. I've n- I never thought it looked good, but it was. Oh, yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, it was yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. I like. I, I don't know. I I think I just get bored the most, or maybe it's just like you know some deeper seated issue, or I don't want to be me, so I'm constantly mm. changing it. Uh, but I think you're probably <laughs> Maxie the most consistent. Hmm. Interesting. Like I think you always. Well, I'd say starting in like around 2014. Eh, maybe not. Your hair's been short. I feel like on, on one of your records, like maybe High Noon, the one where your hair is super short. Anyway, who do you guys think is the most consistent? Who has looked the same the whole time we've known them? Peak? Uh, oh, Jay Kelly or something like that. Like, yeah. Or Peak. They, those yeah. guys have just consistently been the hottest fucking guys we know <laughs> from day one. <laughs> so <laughs> angry. <laughs> so furious about it. Uh, no, it's very true. But actually speaking, I've actually been thinking about this a little bit lately, this idea of like fashion and trends. Because, you know, I'd say my very fashion forward friends about like two or three years ago started to wear baggier pants because for a long time, the look was like tight black skinny jeans. And I'd say that was like the predominant look in our friend group for like a very long time. Some of us had like 510 Levi's, which is like the skinny black (laughs) pant. Mm -hmm. Um, But then, and that's what I wore basically up until like last week. But then I started to, I was like walking around Toronto and I was down on like Dundas West or on Ossington and more and more people are going with the, like the wider leg pants. And I, and I never thought I'd actually do that ever. And then I just got myself a pair of wider pants. And I understand that like the people, there's like a fashion intelligentsia that sets the style like four years before it actually makes it to the mainstream. Have you guys ever like heard about this idea that this is like these trends are actually set like by cool people in New York or yes. Paris or some shit. And then oh, yeah, and it takes a it, while to get here. And it takes a while for normies like myself to actually yeah. start to wear it. And then they're on to the next thing. So anyway, anytime mm-hmm. you see something that's that looks sort of like unflattering sometimes, like because for a while I'd see these people wearing these baggy outfits. I'm like, you guys look fucking stupid. Like this is not cool. But now that's all I kind of want to wear. And I just think that idea is really interesting. And I think the biggest uh, example of this was, do you remember um, there was a time when V-neck shirts were kind of cool? <laughs> do you oh, remember yeah. this? Yes. Oh, yeah. And, and, my and it's so fun. Right? And I wore them too. Like bands in 2007 or 2008 would wear V-neck shirts because like that was what band dudes wore. And then by the time you get to 2014, any dude wearing a V-neck shirt, like just shops at H&M, fucking has a normal ass job, is probably a fucking accountant, <laughs> you know, he's like hanging out with the pub with his friends, like, you know, just like that normal guy. And it, I don't know. Um, are you guys going to hop onto any any trends moving forward? Like, have you noticed? Did you keep track of this? Or are you guys yeah. just in dad mode? You hop on every trend. I remember when Sean Dawson was telling me the when running shoes came back, like the Seinfeld running shoes. Mm-hmm. And Sean Dawson was like, hey, like I know we're wearing these boots right now, but I'm telling you, it's going to go back to like Brooks running shoes. And I was like, I cannot what imagine. What year is this? This was pro- I was probably like 27 maybe, so like nine, okay. 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't imagine it because we thought we were so cool in our skinny jeans and like these boot shoots, the shoes, not yeah. shoots, these boot <laughs> shoes. <laughs> and then now all I wear is the Seinfeld sho- shoes with jeans and I feel really cool. I know. It's cool. In wearing yeah. boots, I would feel so uncool. What trying, kind of boots? Yeah, like, like, um, like, you know, the what are like those boots? boots? Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah like, we all or, used to wear them. We all wore the boots, man. Oh, like the Blundstone kind of thing? No, Blundstones no. are still cool, I hope. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I just bought, I just bought a pair. Oh, um, yeah, Mike. Can you recall any like fashion trend that you were like of the moment felt really cool, and then and then now would be, be really fucking stupid? Oh man, I, I honestly like V necks. I think you nailed. I did wear trucker hats for a little bit there in the mid two thousands. Trucker hats is a good one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the, it was like you could feel it already going out of style. Like I think when like Paris Hilton started wearing the trucker hats, I was like, all right, I think I got to say goodbye to these. Or, but you think if you wore a trucker hat right now, we would say anything? I think it would just be fun. If I wore a Von Dutch hat Von onto Dutch. this podcast, you guys would <laughs> yes. fucking murder me. And an Ed Hardy shirt. <laughs> It'd be 10 yeah. minutes of getting roasted. Um, but here's the thing about Von Dutch and, and Ed Hardy. Like, there's, there is a chance, and I don't know, that it'll come back. Ba- that it comes back, and you're like, that's mm-hmm. actually cool again. And I think there may be yes. some circles it is cool. I don't know. Like, like yeah. Russell Westbrook wears Ed Hardy or Van Dutch shit. And he's pretty fashion forward, right? Well, yeah. two things. It's a good, I mean, it's a good question about when do you stop caring necessarily about like trends in general, right? And this is a question for people with their music taste too. When do you stop seeking out new music? When do you, like, when do you sort of like, when does the jello set and you just kind of are who you are for the kind of the, the, the rest of your, your days? Um, I, I, I don't think that I would follow fashion trends now, but I think that it's like, I don't just be classic, a black t-shirt, jeans. Yeah. And like a, a cool tight fitting coat. But the thing is like a nice fitted coat is like that might be out again. Like you said, if everyone's going super baggy, I'm not going to then go baggy because it's like hip. You know what I mean? But Patagonia came back in fashion and I feel like it we did. all hopped back on Patagonia. You included, yeah. Mike? I didn't know what Patagonia was. Danica knew what Patagonia was. So she right. got me Patagonia and my brother made a joke uh, because like Danica was wearing a Patagonia coat or something. My brother saw it. It was like a couple years ago. And he's like, ah, the old Patagucci. And I was like, I, what, what's that joke? And and it turns out Patagonia is really fucking expensive. Yeah, it's very expensive. Apparently, they treat their workers really well, though. They're like yeah. their and their politics are kind of like on the yeah. Right they side donate things, to cool. things. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know, but do, do you feel? I mean, Max, you're 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 a pop star. You are mm-hmm. you are part of sort of pop culture. You must like. Do you find that you follow trends because it is part of your job, or do you genuinely like? Like, are you like I'm into this shit? I do want to have the the best fashion. I don't know if I'm into it, but I'm curious about it and and I want to learn more about it. So like, that's why, you know, I was looking at all these 5'10 Levi pants in my closet and I was like, ah, those don't really excite me. Could I venture out? So um, I want to give a shout out to our friends at Expo in Toronto. It's like a vintage clothing store on the on Dundas West and uh, they let me sneak in there the other day and try on some uh, some pants and and they're like slight and so I got some like 90s Levi's pants for like 40 bucks and they're awesome and they're slightly wider than I'm used to and at first it felt a little weird like I was swimming in them but now I look at myself in the reflection as I'm walking down the street it's pretty fucking cool. Speaking of cool, did you guys see uh, my brother's uh, girlfriend Laura her Insta post last night? Yeah, yeah, very cool. They look very fucking. They look very cool. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Well, I mean, that's was a that example. a costume I mean, party or was that really what they wear? <laughs> <laughs> I just assumed they were breaking protocol. Like, that's and going a, they're like downtown Trump people. She works in advertising. You know, he works in television. So it's like I feel like they're they still like care. They're they're they. You oh know, they're, well, they're a great pair. They they have so much in common, obviously. Uh, but Greg's always been very in a subtle way. He's not like an outlandish dresser, but he always kind of knows what's hip and he knows what's kind of coming around the corner too. He's like Mike D in that way, and Laura's obviously very fashion forward and they always look cool so like it's not necessarily wearing something that's like crazy and bright and colorful but it's just like it's definitely of the moment and they look they'd fit right in whether they're new york or berlin or san francisco or whatever have you been following this middle part side part (laughs) everybody's talking about it have you been following them at all 
No, I haven't. Uh, but I know you did something involved. Can you explain what you did? Yeah, I did something, and it blew up in a big way. I uh, there apparently for women and Gen Z people like doing the middle part. But millennials like doing the side part and people older than millennials. But there's a huge divide uh, that, no pun intended, that <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like there, it's like a gang war almost where it's like people are so passionate <laughs> about war. the side part and people are so passionate about the middle part that these. Max is doing a middle part as Shane is talking. Keep going. I'm just trying Go on. To Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Get into the mode. Can you see? Yeah, see, it looks funny. So I, I did what you did. I wanted to see how I'd look with the middle part. And I kind of, mm-hmm. I put it down tight on my head and I thought this looks really funny. So mm. I, yeah, like you look really funny and you could make it look, look funny. Great. I look cool. I look like a 90s heartthrob, bro. Yeah, a little bit, but it's just you too like short, Alpha right? Alpha from the Little yeah. Rascals movie. Yes, you <laughs> do look like, like Alpha. Alpha. You do. <laughs> see, you could have done it better than me. Ash is over there. She says, she's just mouthed to me. You look disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) But so so these, uh, you know, there's all these people trolling each other, leaving so many comments like people are legit mad about it and passionate about it. So I made a TikTok Mm. and it it caught fire. It got over 100,000. Really? Yeah. Views. And it's climbing. It it will probably be at 200,000 by tomorrow. Wow. Yeah. So does this make you want to do like be big on TikTok now? Well, I've only been in three TikToks in my life and all three Mm. of them have gone over a hundred thousand. What are the other two? All right. Now you're just bragging. What are the other two? No, I'm not. Uh, So the other one you put up and it's when Mike is talking about the uh, sitting courtside. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, hey, how many? That means that I've got a lot of views on TikTok. Yeah. What did that one end up at? I, no, I don't. Didn't no, that get over a hundred thousand? No, the one. No, no. Sorry, that was the, the one. The one we're talking about. It wasn't the court side. It was the one where we're talking about that band. <laughs> oh, uh, Lumineers. Lumineers. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh Lumineers. Oh yeah. No, it's it's got like uh, fifty thousand. Oh, hey. that's it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, oh. no, it's no middle part video. Come on. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. So I've been in two that I've gotten over 100,000. The Hayden Christensen one where I'm doing the cooking oh, yeah, show. Yeah. That one mm-hmm. blew up. That one I think got and s- slowed down at 200,000. Mm-hmm. And this one's on the way. So yeah, I'm Damn. super into TikTok because I like the algorithm. It's just random. Did you see that other Hayden Christensen thing that came up with that interview that you did with him, Shane? It was just a weird the, quote about politics. Th- that was Mike's interview. Yeah. Oh, it was Mike's interview. Okay, yeah. so I got them confused. I think, yeah, Shane did the cooking show with him, and then I did like the sit-down interview. And it's funny when I saw that like some Hayden Christensen like website or t- Twitter had quoted the quote whatever. Yeah, from, the inter- from the interview. I don't, I, didn't, I don't remember asking the political question. Usually I remember like um, distinctly, but I'm like, huh, I guess I must have asked him about politics. But then Jason Ritter jumped on the feed and said, this is my quote. I don't know. I can be fooled very easily. (laughs) If your profile picture is Jason Ritter, you're Jason Ritter, right? (laughs) Okay. And that makes sense why he was being so weird. Yeah. All right. But uh, back to TikTok for a second. I think you would find this funny, Max. I have a TikTok coach now. Oh, who's that? Guru. Yeah. Her name is Jillian Smart and her and her husband, I've hired them to be my mm. TikTok coaches. And what makes them authorities on this? They're just really good. So bef- I, I've loved Jillian for a long time. Before the pandemic struck, I was going to start a, 
a comedy series with her, a pitch a sketch sketch show with Mike and everyone. We were gonna have a big table read, in fact, in early March. But of course, yeah. of course, stop playing with your hair. I cannot <laughs> focus. Stop. You do not seem like you're paying attention to me at all, Max. By the way, you're clearly I'm just no, looking I'm at totally yourself, twirling no, your no, hair. No, no, no you're not. Do you think you look good right now? You do, don't you? It's growing on me. Yeah, <laughs> literally. <laughs> Okay, so Jill, I I really loved her. Uh, The first sketch she wrote, I thought was amazing. And she was only like 21 or 22. I'm like, oh my goodness. Yeah, she's local. She, I... We first found her, uh, she DM'd Mike on Much one day, and that's how she got on my radar. Was this the sketch, the the roommate sketch? Yes, there was a roommate sketch, and then one one where people are washing their hands, but the one guy has shit all over his hands, and it it just, like, it really spoke (laughs) to me. Save it for the pitch, you're giving away (laughs) all the gold. I know, I know, so... (laughs) Where can we find her? Where where can we find these people? Her her agency's called Sunday Best, her and her husband, uh, Charlie the Kid Music, and her husband's name's Trevor. Oh, I know these people, of course I know these people. Okay, they're lovely. Okay, Okay, awesome. I, I hire she was her a comedian though. Okay. She's hilarious. And so is her husband and her mm-hmm. husband's a great musician too. And then, so I start paying them the next day. She goes viral. She gets a 9.3 million, uh, TikTok. the day well, after doing what she has this funny thing where, um, she buys her, uh, she goes, I wanted to surprise my fiance. So I got him a new soap dispenser. So she films his reaction and he goes, Hmm, it's okay. And she's like, wow. And then it cuts to her going, I'm fucking out of here. I hate it here. And he goes, don't leave. Don't leave. And it just cuts off. But she acts it out so well that it blew up and went viral. So Damn. Yeah. All right. I'll have to follow. That's very cool. That's the big thing in my life right now, though. And uh, so do you have like TikTok meetings or how does this go? Yes, she gives me like a schedule. They're very short, actually, and they get repetitive. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're only 15 <laughs> seconds, and they keep looping. Um, <laughs> worth bad. every penny. But, I liked it. <laughs> but yeah, so she'll have like a spreadsheet, and she sends us a bunch of stuff and little missions. And mm. so we're on a journey, if anyone wants to follow and s- see if we can be successful. Is it a family tree, TikTok? Yes, but okay. I'm uh, I'm the star of it so far as the ones featuring Alex don't tend to do well, but I've gotten quite the uh, the following. Is that creating there. friction for you too? She's a little bit jealous, yeah, if we're being honest. Would you ever break off and start your own TikTok, Shane Cunningham? Mm. I wouldn't want, I feel like it would be splitting the, the business too much and Alex, I think, would get upset if right. I did that. Yeah, you don't want to do that. No, man. Keep yeah. the family together. Yeah. Keep that tree yeah. nice and sturdy. <laughs> but yeah, thousands of comments on that one talk. It's pretty fun to watch. Okay, thousands of okay. comments on your split hair? Like on your par- yes. hair part? Yes. Wow. What were the they're comments? They're all saying, uh, uh, I look like Keanu Reeves, they're saying. Wow. And then some people are saying Snape or whoever. And then other people are saying Johnny Depp. But it's this huge argument over my appearance. And I'm very flattered. <laughs> wow. <laughs> And yeah. Max still has the the middle hair part. I, yeah, I'm leaving it. I'm leaving it. Yeah. Is this going to be the new look? Up a bit. I think, yeah. yeah, could be cool. All right. Well, uh, so you know, guys, I was going to because uh, we talked about what we wanted to, wanted to discuss on the pod in, in our little chat group there, and I was like, I don't want to talk about Tiger Woods, but now I kind of want to talk about Tiger Woods briefly. Why do okay, I feel so sad about Tiger Woods? Why? Yeah, I mean, this is a huge news I'm story. I'm bummed out about it. Such a weird. Oh my goodness. 
that doesn't know, I imagine <clears throat> you've heard yesterday, Tiger Woods rolled his car uh, as he was speeding. They had used the jaws of life to get him out of the car. Uh, his legs, he was having multiple surgeries on his legs. I think, you know, he's, he's in stable condition. He's fine now, but they put a rod in his leg, uh, and some pins in his ankle and stuff. So they had to do stuff with the muscles and like, ultimately, you know, what's so sort of, yeah, it's just, a, it's a downer of a story, especially if you are somebody who is a fan or was interested in the possible narrative of him sort of recapturing his glory, like he did at the 2019 masters that, that now feels like that the sort of this, this like twilight of his career feels like it's 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 uh it's gonna be incredibly difficult for him to come back now that his his legs are in such bad shape it would seem. yeah the day before it happened i was watching an interview and they're asking if he was gonna play in the next big tournament and he's like well that's up to my doctors my my surgeons i have to see if my back is healed from this surgery or, or if i need another one and then he now his legs are the problem in addition yeah. i'm sure it, it didn't help his back at all but it's just so unfathomable that that happens again like is there any news whether it was under the influence or anything? I haven't seen anything like that. Because mm. no um, other car was involved in it, which seems kind of odd. Maybe it was weather related. Yeah, I mean, who knows what 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 the cause was? He uh, what was weird was I saw just independent like the day before on Twitter. Like Shane, you were saying you saw an interview with him. I saw like David Spade had tweeted he was playing around yeah. to golf with them. Dwayne, Dwayne Wade was hanging out with them. So I was just like, when I saw the news, I was like, wasn't he just doing like a charity thing with all these celebrities? Anyway, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it's, it's, yeah, it's just a bummer. I think it's a bummer. Yeah, and obviously, the timing of it, do you guys watch the doc? Did we talk about this? Yes. <laughs> it was we begged you to topic. watch the doc. <laughs> we begged you and you wouldn't watch it. Now you're the big doc guy. Uh, so you've seen this art <laughs> Have you guys doc? seen the doc? <laughs> okay, we talked about Bubbling talked below about the surface. I, I can't remember anything. Um, yeah, just well, the timing with the doc, guys, coming yeah. in and then this that new doc. Just, uh, that new doc. Man. Uh, the other, you know, fuck, I wish he just had a driver. Everything, if he just hired a driver for it, he would have been a lot less problems. You know what I mean? If he just had a guy with him all the time, like a security guard. That's two things now. That's just like him driving in, in a bad way. If you guys were like as wealthy as him and very famous, would you guys have a driver or would you want to drive your own car? I have a driver now. Her name is Alex. She's my wife. I don't touch the car. <laughs> it's for everyone's safety, though. What, what, yeah. You have a driver, too. Her name's Danica, right, Mike? She she does the primary driving. We're very similar, Shane, in that, like, yeah. you know, Danica does the, the repairs around the house. And mm. when we drive, she prefers to drive. And I have no, like, hang-ups about it. I don't, I don't care. Like, I'm not like, I want to drive. I want the control. I'm happy to, like, let her drive. The good news is I'm a terrible navigator also, so. <laughs> no responsibility whatsoever. Yeah. Like, I'll tell her to go right when we should go left like i'm the the worst so yeah, yeah. cars I, aren't for me before the baby when she'd be driving i'd like i just start looking at twitter like we talk a little and then i'd be like hey, i'm gonna look at twitter as we're sort of driving and i could feel her get a little annoyed like oh mm. you're gonna look at your twitter you know and i always be like well i'm down to talk you know that whole thing but then since winona <laughs> that whole thing. i'm i'm like i'm now the clown that hangs in the back and entertains winona mm. so i don't even sit in the front anymore so it's like she's just got two kids in the back goofing off but here's a question yeah, I, I was thinking about that because because you do a lot of clowning around with Winona, and yeah. I'm sure you do as well, Shane. I don't hang with Winona at all since the <laughs> pandemic struck. <laughs> Hard to find time, but yeah. on Zoom they they find it. Um, okay, if you're honestly just between us guys here, how like is, how exciting is that versus how fucking boring is that playing? Like 
are you like, okay, I got entertained? Or like, are you up for it some days and you're not up for it other days? Is it always amazingly joyful because you're like having this experience and you're connecting with your child? Or is you're like, fuck, I gotta just act like a fucking clown for the next 45 minutes in this car. And it's kind of feels like a pain in the ass and you'd rather be on Twitter. Or does it change on the day? Just be honest with me. Who, who wants to go first? You want to go first, Mike? Go for it, Shane. I, you know, you're, the, you're the man with the family tree pot. I feel like this is territory you used to talk yeah, about. Yeah, I think playing isn't fun with with <laughs> Lucy. I don't like it a lot. I dread it sometimes. <laughs> Being in the car, though, road trips are more fun, and I feel like there's nothing else I could be doing anyway. So mm. I feel road trips less stressful but lucy's very demanding if you don't play the game right she flat out yells at you and then she won't explain (laughs) the rules of the game really she's like no no this goes here and she's so particular it is i don't know if other kids are like this but it doesn't seem like uh fair (laughs) you're being treated unfairly the the rules of the game keeps changing she's she is very cute and lovable but it's just when a certain playing isn't as fun as other things yeah (laughs) i have more fun eating with her or going on a walk with her but playing is very stressful for me mike yeah i i i I do enjoy the playing but our playing like lose a bit older than win mostly like our playing is like we're painting or we're coloring which mm. what what i do is i i end up painting my own shit so it's kind of like i get to have fun or i'll be like tell me what to paint and then she'll tell me and i'll paint like a rabbit or, and it's kind of fun but i do get this is a weird thing and I'm, I'm ashamed of myself for doing this but it's like i'll be painting like say like a fox right and so i've got the orange and the white and i'm kind of like i'm doing a kind of nice little piece of art that and she's painting her stuff too so we're kind of painting but then she wants to take her paints and like add to my painting but it, it really mm. fucks up my art. So I'm like, <laughs> I, I, I'm, but I can't, I can't say no. I got to encourage the creativity, mm, but I'm also like running your shit. Yeah. I find it. Uh, I find it fun and entertaining. I like the rides. Like the drives are good. She's at like a good age for just being like goofy and she's not mm. like, um, she's not like too, too demanding. So you just kind of get to do your inner child thing. But again, like, you know, you're hanging out with a kid. It's not like me and you at the pub, you know, breaking down the world's problems. See, in my mind, I was the perfect child for my dad because I got to, just um i got really interested in his interest really uh early and he wasn't like he pressured me into liking the beatles or baseball and basketball <laughs> but i was obsessed with those from a very young age and so i don't know if i'm a kid but if i ever do i just hope that i can just start talking to him about whatever the fuck or her whatever the fuck i want to and they'll just be into it have you guys tried that mode where you're just like hey we got to talk about the defense rotations winona like have you just tried <laughs> to talk about nba twitter with winona and is she, can you just like develop that like from day one, like the second she starts talking, we're like, we're not talking about whatever fucking cartoons on the screen where you're talking about the NBA. Like, have you tried that? Yeah. I mean, I, t- I show her basketball and stuff like that. So she knows what basketball is for sure. But I mean, really she wants to, if she wants to talk about Coco Melon, I mean, we're talking about Coco Melon, really? no matter how much I try. You can't yeah. just switch the subject. You can't just. Not my case. Star what Trek. Lou goes with the flow. Uh, some she likes sports highlights too, so That's she particularly cool. likes hockey for some reason. Huh. So sometimes we'll watch hockey at her request, and I don't really want to, but she's really <laughs> fascinated in it. <laughs> but yeah, you can lose really like really verbal, so you can talk to anything about her, and she's so excited to talk that the oh. conversation can go any direction. That's cool. And she's she's down. Yeah, but back to the Tiger Woods thing, you got to be too careful about you know. 
making your child into sort of like this militant athlete like thing that you want to become because you know obviously tiger had some real issues with his dad and any any parents that are like too strict in that way it's not a good well probably doesn't end well oh yeah i, I tried and it didn't take <laughs> yeah, the golf club in the garage i uh I, yeah, you just got to let them reveal their personalities in themselves sort of naturally while sort of giving the guidance that you want. You know what I mean? It's like all you can do is show her the things that you're into and she'll, she'll have to take to it or she won't. Mm-hmm. It, it, to answer your question, though, I, I find it like I think like it, I think for a parent more so than, say, like fun Uncle Max with the uh, the cool middle part in his hair. It's like, <laughs> you know. Even like the times that you'd be like, oh man, like it's just like you get so much joy out of them doing weird stuff mm. because they are like little yous that it's like what might be mundane and boring for other people. And it's like, I'm not like, you know, keen to hang out with other people's kids or anything like that. But it's like, because it's your kid, you, you, it's just so like fulfilling and rewarding in a way that it kind of like mutes any of the mundane stuff that that's, that's been my experience so far anyway. Mm. Okay, let's get to some topics. This isn't this family tree podcast. Let's move it You went here. You started this. I, know. <laughs> I was kind of surprised. I'm like, oh, you're going to dad out over here. Um, you look like, okay, you look like the guy from, is it Mad Magazine? That's who it is. Yes. Alfred yeah. E. Newman. <laughs> so I can't, oh, yeah, just kind of pushing it up there. Cool. You actually, you also kind of look like Casey Affleck in uh, Google mm, Hunting. I like that a lot. I like yeah. that a lot. Um, okay. Renegades. First Bruce topic. Springsteen. Oh, Barack Bruce. Obama. This is going to be the second episode in a row where we talk about the boss, Bruce Springsteen, um, and of course, uh, Barack Obama. They have a podcast called Renegades, Born in the USA. Uh, actually, a little note on top of the Bruce sort of conversation we had last week is all the charges have been, they've been dismissed. Uh, I guess mm-hmm. he paid a fine for drinking in public. I've caught a couple of those fines in my day. They, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, in Hamilton, the West Mountain, they were $350 back in the day, and that was not a small amount of money when you're like 18 years old. But anyway, the boss vindicated. They didn't have the evidence. Shane, do you believe it was still a puff piece or do you believe the boss is innocent? Well, he I think he was he was having a shot at tequila before he hit the road. And I think if he was considered more of a douchebag, we would hate him for doing that. But it seems kind of cool because he's Bruce who did that. Well, his blood alcohol level, though, was like 0.2. So clearly some fans were like, yo, do a shot. And I get this often you know, when bars are open. Like, oh, someone do a shot with me, do a drink. Like, you, you do it because you want to be you know, good sport. You want to give somebody a memory. And so Springsteen was clearly on his bike. He hadn't had anything to drink. Uh, so he was completely sober. And a couple of fans were like, I want to do a shot with Bruce Springsteen. And he did two small tequila shots. They were blood alcohol two? Was 0.02. <laughs> so it was very small. Um, and I actually was kind of funny. Did you guys listen to the first episode though? Yeah. Do you have time to? No. Shane? No. Well, in Sorry. Shane's defense, Max literally, this is classic Max, put in the pod group, oh yeah, we're talking about uh, Barack Obama and fucking Bruce's podcast today. Listen to the first episode. Did I tell you to listen to the first episode? Anyway, here it is. Just listen to the first episode. This is like two hours before we started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was my, my bad. How I, in my mind, was he? Um, no, well, he wasn't belligerent at all, but what was interesting, so I'm they just had kidding, like he was drunk. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> well, no, no. Actually, so this is kind of... Um, I thought, I mean, we can get into the nuts and bolts of the pod here, but they recorded this interview probably back in November, I want to say. John Lewis had just passed away, so whenever that was, because Obama references having just done the eulogy for John Lewis. Um, And at the beginning of the interview, uh, they're clearly kind of getting settled. They're at Bruce's home studio in New Jersey, 
And Brock goes, oh, so you got some whiskey on the table there. He's like, oh, if you want, if you want to have a shot of whiskey, it's right there. And they're talking about drinking. Ten minutes later, they talk, they tell another story about how they're at the White House. This was years ago. And he's like, oh, and the libations were going they're and like we were drinking. Drunk at the dinner party and playing yeah, piano. So, so I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe they left this in, given the Bruce Springsteen charges that, you know, look, look and feel a lot differently. And then the next day, so that podcast, come, whatever, comes out on Monday. And then the next day, the charges are dropped. So they must have, maybe I wonder if Brock's people were like, it's totally fine. There's nothing actually to worry about when it's like talking about drinking in this like sort of lighthearted manner because the, the Bruce stuff is, isn't nefarious. But the fine remained. He was still fined $500, right? Just for drinking yeah, but in it public. Was for drinking in public, but it wasn't like he was drinking and driving, which is a lot more serious than drinking in public. Um, yeah, you know, I, 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 it's funny, Max, the same thing crossed my mind. And I also wondered about the mechanics of releasing this pod. So like they do this pod that is obviously wildly valuable. They probably sold it for a fortune to Spotify. Um, it's like two icons sort of sitting down to have these sort of, you know, uh, in-depth conversations. And then Bruce, the story comes out. I'm like, when did Bruce call Obama? Like early <laughs> on, he's like, Hey man, we gotta, we gotta wait on this pod. Cause I, I we got mean, a situation. Yeah. We got a situation here. Cause that well, happened in November, the, the Bruce thing too, right? Yeah. yeah so like, we, have they been sitting mm-hmm. on this pod the whole time to wait until the story came out? Or was it like, we actually mm-hmm. can't release it until we know all the, or were they about to? And then the Bruce story broke and Obama's like, yo, Bruce, you know, that you're really, you're really kind of screwed us here. And then obviously it was fine. But I was like, what was that conversation like behind the scenes? And were the Spotify people like, oh God, we have this huge property with Bruce and Obama. And now we can't, we might not be able to go with it if Bruce is sort of canceled. But as we know, it was fine. Yeah. Well, actually the whole time I was listening to it, Shane, I was thinking about you because I was just thinking how much you would hate the podcast. Um, because, because I don't think you actually like Springsteen that much and you're not a sucker for Obama in the way that I am. And, and it's both guys doing their peak thing. Um, <laughs> like just being them, like so much themselves. And I was just thinking about how much you'd kind of roll your eyes. Cause like Springsteen's like talking about like everyone's, uh, like, well, I can't, I won't even fucking do it, but you know, he's doing Springsteen things. And, um, I was thinking about, you know, on paper, this podcast is a wet dream for me. You know, it's like I tweeted, this is like a Venn diagram of all my favorite things. Like podcast, number one, Springsteen, Obama, those three things make one singular circle. There's no longer a Venn diagram. It's just one circle because I love those three things so much. But then listening to them talk, they have this interesting, they're, they're clearly for, like friends and they like each other a lot. There's there, but they don't have the kind of friendship that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, and, they don't have the kind of friendship that I really like in other podcasts with like Conan O'Brien as assistant Sona or Dax and his sort of assistant co-host Monica or the Smartless guys um, where clearly they've spent a lot of time and they're really comfortable around each other. So then it got me thinking, I was like, you know what? I think I might have preferred a podcast with like Springsteen and his bodyguard or something or like or Obama and his like high school friend because I think the conversations might have been more interesting as opposed to two famous guys who are clearly friendly but don't necessarily have like the chemistry what do of, they talk about uh, they, i mean it's all platform for some kind of political message which is we're all americans america's a you know the land of hope and opportunity but it has its warts and we got to find our commonalities and come together like that's oh, sort of, like, he's the still point playing the, that middle thing eh? of course and springsteen's always kind of done that too so like it's definitely like a political vessel for Obama and he's using Springsteen as, as a dividing, a unifying thing. But I should, Mike, did you get that feeling a little bit that I'm, that I'm kind of getting to and like why it felt 
not quite as good as I hoped maybe. I don't know. What do, what do you Absolutely. think? Absolutely. Absolutely. It felt a little awkward at times. It was like Obama's sort of leading it and Bruce is kind of doing his thing. Also, like, I don't know, like Bruce. I mean, the other thing that I thought was interesting was they kind of like started by talking about their childhoods and why they both felt like outsiders. But the thing is, it's like listening to Barack or Bruce on like Bruce on Mark Maron. It's like they've shared those stories so many times that I'm like, anybody's going to listen to this podcast doesn't need like we've heard all this. We know all this. There wasn't anything revelatory. It was almost like they were just doing it to get out of the way or to like warm up or something as they were getting comfortable with being in the same room and having these conversations. But uh, yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. I, I think it's like that thing where it's like two superstars, like on a basketball team where it's like at first they don't know who's going to take the main shot. They don't know how to share the, they're kind of oversharing the ball in a weird way. And it's almost like, I think maybe Barack would have been better off just having his own podcast and Bruce's one guest one day with a very focused message. You know what I mean? Like if the two of them, and what's this thing? Is it like five episodes based on this one conversation or is it an ongoing thing? Like, but whatever it is. What did, it did is. you find the, um, I guess, yeah, the way it's edited is kind of interesting. It's like, there's some music involved. It, it's a little, I found it to be a little clunky and a little awkward. Like, in, and obviously Obama does a read off the top. Where it, that's more that was probably written last week, and I don't know. I just is it like an underwear read or something funny? <laughs> <laughs> the undies yeah. and uh, be sure. Though I one part that I thought was was cool, which I don't know if Obama was just saying this to tell a story or not, but Obama said that after uh, he hung out with Springsteen at the White House, uh, Michelle said Michelle had an amazing time hanging out with Springsteen's wife Patty, and after they left, Michelle goes to Barack is you know. Like Bruce is really working on himself, and he like goes to therapy, and he's in touch he knows, with all of his faults. As, he's getting, as a husband, he knows he has faults, that. and he's getting in touch with them. Like you could, you could stand to do that a little bit. And I was like, because Bruce has been really forthcoming about like his own demons, and Barack, I doesn't feel like the therapy kind of guy. So to see Michelle kind of like give it to Barack a little bit based on that conversation, I thought that was a cool little insight. Yeah, that was, that was, I mean, to me that, that, that stood out. It's just, I think it's hard too to like, sometimes like, even if you're, you know, a former president and a rock icon to just get on a mic and be natural in some ways, in a way that feels like, well, this is what I think what makes Simmons podcast, uh, Bill Simmons, like, and obviously Simmons, you, you can criticize him for a lot of different reasons, but like him and Joe house, even though like neither are like the greatest basketball minds ever, I just like their chemistry. Um, and and so I was thinking about like how important that is in podcasts. Shane, do you have any like what? Because if Barack and Bruce are my like dream team podcast, who would be your dream team? And does that necessarily be two famous people? But who are two people that you're like, oh, they would be awesome just to hear these two people kind of uh, wax with each other. Well, I, I love Owen Wilson, so mm. I'm to have him and Luke, and I think Luke is underrated as a as a person as a storyteller. Have you heard them talk to each other before? Yeah. And do they have good chemistry? I got another brothers, but yeah, yeah, they're they're really good, and they're a different style, but it's still from the same ilk. It's still the same mm. comedic tone, just delivered in a, a different way. And I don't, I don't know. I feel like it would be something I would look forward to every week. Uh, Mikey, I, you know, it's a great question. It's like, it's like people that are. I mean, obviously, there's people like like Howard Stern is amazing at what he does. You know what I mean? And it's like, would I pair him with somebody else who's like him so that they could like match each other? Because Howard is such a, he's a driver. He has to he has a lot of control over his own show. But like, 
Yeah, it's a good question. Would I listen to like like if Lauren Michaels and somebody had a podcast? Mm. You know, like see, this is this is interesting. Like like I was thinking like Tarantino and Leo because like because Tarantino's used to directing the conversation and Leo obviously is like charming and Tarantino could probably get something out of him. But the Lauren Michaels idea is interesting because because like two people that are sort of powerful but in their own ways and and need each other is kind of interesting. Yeah, Tarantino's too selfish. Oh, you think so? <laughs> oh, he's the most selfish conversationalist. Like he dumb in the, when they were doing the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, he was not passing the ball at all to mm. uh, Brad Pitt or Leo on the junket. Yes. Yeah. Who Lauren and who Lauren and Steve Martin would be great. Oh, there you uh, go. Martin Lauren Short, and Steve Martin. Oh, Martin yeah. Short and Steve Martin would mm-hmm. be good. I mean, their chemistry is like amazing. Yeah. And it just feels like they have so many stories and they're such amazing storytellers. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I was listening to Dave Grawl was just on um, Stern. Uh, oh, Stern. He's, he's, he's doing the, the whole thing because yeah. uh, the, the new album's out. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's like kind of popping around and telling different things. And actually, he he I saw a clip on YouTube the other day. Remember when the pandemic first started, he had that like Dave stories on Instagram. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so yeah. he shares like the Bowie story about emailing with Bowie. And he's like, oh, I didn't know David Bowie used email and all this stuff. And I said to you, I sent it to you guys in the pod group. And I'm like, these are awesome. I'm like, I'm actually kind of shocked that he's not saving these for his book. Like, this is good shit. Mm-hmm. So I saw him in an interview and he basically explained how when the pandemic first started and he couldn't do his job, like you, Max, like everything shut down. He still wanted to be creative. So he started doing these stories. He goes, but he's like, fuck, they are really good. He's like, I think I should be saving these stories. So he literally had the exact same thought I did. And that's why there's only six on there. He was just like, I can't. And then the interviewer was like, it was some British interviewer. And Dave was basically saying like, he has a story about every famous person. And the guy's mm-hmm. like, so if I just say a famous person, he's like, you'd have a story. And Dave's like, I, try it, try it. And he's like, Elton John. And then Dave just go. Dave just tells a fucking awesome That's Elton cool. John story. That's and, cool. And Dave's an amazing storyteller. He's just such a natural storyteller. So I think a Dave Grohl podcast mm-hmm. would be awesome. I don't. But yeah. to your point, I don't know who you pair him with. Maybe Taylor in his band, the drummer. Or maybe it's just like a Bill Burr thing where he's just talking to the mic. Yeah. Yes. That, yeah. I mean, I do like the prompt though. It's like say a name, tell a story. I think that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Let me try. Uh, like Max, do you think you could do that? Yeah, I was just gonna ask. Um, that. G- give Give me a go. Let, let's Let's try. Okay, Shane, you start. Do you have a name? Okay, um, I, let, let me start with let me start with one actually. That so we work gotta, if you're <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, never go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Sam Roberts. Sam Roberts. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so we got to play with him in our early days, and I grew up a big Sam Roberts fan. I bought his T-shirt. That's the reason why Nick even talked to me in the second day of universities because I was wearing my Sam Roberts band T-shirts. Um, and we, I was standing side stage with him. We were watching some other act at a festival. And then I, um, and I told him, I was like, Sam, I remember reading your press release, uh, uh, for your first album. And cause I was so obsessed with you and you were in Hawaii and you were running a marathon and you got beat up by a bunch of people. And so your sort of running career had to stop. And that's why you came back to Montreal and you started the band. I thought that was so interesting. And then he just looks at me and he goes, that's all made up. We just made all that shit up for our, our press release. On our first <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, but they were trying to be funny with with that press release, and you just no. Didn't I get think it was supposed joke. to like create some sort of like dramatic tension to like how he became a musician or something. Oh, I mean, okay. I don't know what no, the what the sort of uh, mo was, but I think that's what was the was the idea. That's good. Uh, okay. I. Uh, since he was the, the the sort of the thing that generated this conversation, Dave Grohl. Do you have a Dave Grohl story? 
Oh, I do have a couple. Of, we we played with them Crooked Vultures at the Air Canada Center, and he was very nice. I don't know if I have any good stories. Uh, he was nice. We asked him some questions about. I don't know if the story is that good. He was just very good at being a professional Dave Grohl person. But we met him, right, Mike? We did, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then we were excited to – actually, the one funny thing is like we we did – well, you did the talk with him and his mom. Well, well, the thing that I loved about Dave – and I don't know if we told this on the pod, but he was telling a story about – so he got into Toronto the night before because we were like, he's going to come from L.A. to Toronto just to do this like talk with his mom because his mom's got the book out, right? And so I'm like, he's coming just to like sort of do this this talk at Canadian Music Week in like a small room. I'm like, it's a long way to fly from L.A. to Toronto just to do this. Um, and he was saying that he basically got into town and then went to a bar with a bunch of pals he has in Toronto and he was like out all night. So he kind of rolled four in, in the like, morning. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So he'd like, he basically got into town, met up with his pals, went for it and then got up and showed up to this thing at like, you know, whatever, three in the afternoon. And I just remember thinking, I loved it because I felt I related to it because he's like a guy. He's got kids at home. He lives with, the, you know, <laughs> he just want to get the fuck out of the- <laughs> He just wanted a weekend away in Toronto. I'm like, I get it. He just wanted to fuck off for like a weekend. And it felt very go. human to me where it's like, I could just picture his wife being like, really? You're going all the way up to Toronto to do that thing? And he's like, yeah, my mom needs me. You know, but it's yeah. like, and then it's like, you call up the buds and you're like, hey, I'm going to be in town for two nights. Let's do something. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, I do remember trying to get a photo. We're like, because we had planned, like, let's get a photo with Dave after he gets off stage and we're all ready and you had done a great job interviewing him. And then he kind of disappeared. He vanished and clearly he and his like security detail were like, as soon as this is over, there's the door. We're walking out into a black car and nobody's going to see you. So respect. He, he knows the game. No, I know where he went after that. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> where did he go? So this. that was my birthday when Mike was interviewing him. So I had a hotel at this same place oh, where yeah. the interview was. So I had a hotel room on his floor. So he was staying right across from me. So we go back to our room and then Dave Grohl's there. That's right. And I'm like, oh man, I got to wait for him to come out. So Alex and I uh, stayed in our room and we just set up chairs by the, what's that peephole called on a door? You just said it a peephole. A peephole. Yeah, peephole. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so we just waited and looked out the peephole and had a glass of wine and waited for him to come out. <laughs> But it took hours, and then uh, we just ended up going to an arcade and playing video games. But we thought it was so cool that he was staying right across from us. Because you had gotten like a fancy hotel. You got like the penthouse suite for your birthday. You guys had, yes. and just it was it was coincidence that you were at the same hotel as him. Yeah, well, it was uh, it was the Sheridan, right? And that's where he did this talk. So I guess to make it easy, he stayed at the same place he did oh, the talk. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so we, like we didn't know that, but security, some people were trying to elevator hop and look for him. So he had security by the elevators to not let anyone by, but we were past the elevator so we could roam the hallways if we wanted and like knock on his door. And we were going to knock on his door and try to be very bold to have a good story for the podcast. But this is the story. um hey actually speaking of uh encounters i had to do um a film like a video shoot for it was related to some juno stuff and it's sort of like looking back on your favorite juno memories and uh one of the producer guys goes oh we just had chuck claren here and he i mentioned that max markels was coming in and his eyes lit up and he said I met Max from Arkells at the Junos and he came up to me and he said he was a big fan and it really meant a lot to me. And I was like, I don't remember that at all, but I do love Chuck Claire a lot. And I can imagine maybe being a little drunk at the Junos and seeing Chuck Claire and going, holy fuck, let's ride. Because if listeners out there, if you don't know the song, let's ride. 
it's amazing. It's one of the best hip hop songs in Canada ever. Uh, but it just made me so happy that Chuck Claire, you know, remembered little old Max and, uh, wow, you know, wanted to tell somebody about it. Then, I was just going to say, next story, could it be Chuck Claire? So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I got a Chuck Claire story. Let's hear Give it. Give it to me. Everyone go around. I'll be next. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he was my very first interview. And oh, yes. I For was. What? I, I was in the VJ search. Oh, okay. 20 VJ years search. old. And they basically, for these VJ searches, there's like eight of us, like sort of in the contest for, they were there for the weekend shooting at Much Music. Very big deal back then. Uh, and there's like a series of challenges. We would go on like Electric Circus and try to, you know, be dancey. We would have like a segment where like Bradford Howe, who was a VJ then, we'd have to do something funny. There was all these sort of tests, and one of them was an interview. Everything, there was a talent portion, like every bit of the sort of the process I felt uncomfortable in, except for when it came time to interview Shaw Claire. So the way they did, there's like, oh, you're all going to, you're going to interview a celebrity. So all eight of us are like, oh my God, they're like, it's going to be Shaw Claire. So we all had to do our research and like a real VJ. Then we all got like five minutes with Shaw Claire or something like that. By the way, five minutes is actually a pretty long time if you've never done mm-hmm. it before. Mm-hmm. Seems short. Especially, yeah. Yeah. I, I, so we were going through the weekend. I don't, I don't know what part portion of the weekend that was, but I think it was quite a bit into the process. And I remember di- doing the interview with Shaw Claire, and I actually did think it went well. Like I was sort of active listening, and I didn't feel uncomfortable. Um, and then when I came off, I re- like the, the, the floor director and then one of the producers separately pulled me aside, and they're like, that was the best interview out of all eight of you, like by far, blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, thanks so much. Like they didn't say that to me about any of the other segments, but and I didn't ultimately win. But the Shaw Claire interview was like the only time I felt truly comfortable in that whole process. Didn't you meet him as a wrangler or something as well at the MMVAs one year? Or did I make that up? No, I didn't wrangle Shaw Claire. But he would have been at the MMVAs. I just didn't wrangle yeah, him. Yeah, I, yeah I, I've wrangled some, some fun bands. Though. I, I mean, I got like stories. I, got, like, I wrangled Vince Carter. I wrangled Fall Out Boy. Uh, Let's I save became, those stories. We're doing another yeah. pod with just wrangling Another pod, stories. another pod, another pod. Shane, what's your Shaw Claire story? Uh, I, well, it's actually Swollen Members. But it's a... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're a Canadian rap group. <laughs> So I was walking, I used to just walk around much when I was younger. This is back when I had the blonde hair and I see prevail. Were you working there? No, I wasn't working there. I was just, just it was around the the MMVAs and when, when they were doing sound checks and things like that, people used to not be scared of a camcorder. It would, it would oddly legitimize you because this was, this predates when every cell phone had a working video camera on it. So I think Greg was my cameraman and I walked up. I was like, hey, Swollen Members, could I do an interview? And they're like, sure. And then before the interview, they said, who are you with? And I said, "Uh, Snatch TV. (laughs) And that's what the production company was called. And they said, I've never heard of that. I go, oh, we're big in Australia. So he's like, okay. (laughs) So I do the interview and then interview ends. It was, you know, bullshit me asking stupid questions. And then uh, like three days later, I'm in Venice Beach because uh, Greg and I were going on a trip together and we brought our camera. We're walking around doing interviews and Prevail is walking Venice Beach and he stops me. He goes, yo, Snatch TV. And then as we're interviewing people and he goes, these guys are big in Australia. (laughs) And it legitimized us with the other people we were interviewing. And then all of a sudden, everyone wanted an interview from me. But it was just a very small, weird world coincidence. You know what story I love? Maybe my favorite fucking story on uh, on Mike Mike on Much History is the story with was it Andy who was on Fargo? Am I getting that name right? 
Oh, Andy yeah. King. Yeah, and just telling the story about him landing the job on Fargo, but maybe almost losing it because he was supposed to play an Australian, and the producers of the show were worried that it wasn't the proper Australian accent. So he caught wind of this, and then he just emails his agent. He's like, ask them if they want Sydney Australian accent or Adelaide or something. <laughs> yes. And and yes. I think that email, <laughs> knowing that he could do either, which he just made up because he doesn't know the difference at all uh, got him uh, on the show or kept him on the yeah. show at least. And I yeah. love that. Yeah, so that was very funny. Um, okay, let's go to the next topic. Well, I mean, are we still going? We're about an hour. What? Do you want to go to Shane's We're Surprise? We're at an hour. Okay, well, yeah, let, let, let's go to Shane's Surprise. Okay, I wanted to talk about, and just because I knew this always happens where uh, Max will bring something up in our pod group and he'll say, save it for the pod. And then it never <laughs> makes it to the pod. <laughs> So I thought, okay, he's not going, this isn't going to get pushed through to the actual pod topics, Mm -hmm. but I wanted to talk about Shailene Woodley and that, that quarterback, Aaron Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, whose brother was on the bachelor, by the way, but that's, uh, I didn't know that. And they don't talk. They have a very contentious Mm -hmm. relationship and they never speak to each other. Have you been watching the bachelor, by the way, Shane? This season? A little bit, a little bit. Apparently, the the one Canadian girl who's on the show, uh, she went to Laurier. She follows Arkells. Some uh, Greg, actually, your brother Greg just told me that, and she's like yeah. one of the top four, or she was. I don't know. Yeah, I don't find the show to be as good anymore. Everyone's too aware mm. and self conscious. Mm. Anyway, back back to Shailene and Aaron. Yeah. So you were saying it was uh, maybe Ash was saying Manager Ash that it was a big deal that she said she never had uh, watched a football game before. Or seen him on TV. Yeah. And I find a lot of people, they do this and it's supposed to make it more romantic. It's like mm. um, Alaria said she never knew who Alec Baldwin was She back in where yeah. she was born, Spain. They didn't have television or, or the same movie. So she saw <laughs> Alec and she didn't know he was a big movie star. <laughs> But so Shailene is kind of pulling the same thing, saying, oh, I don't watch NFL. <laughs> and I, you know, She's I, I've never seen it. I like this. She is. And people are thinking this is very romantic. But really, isn't it less romantic because you only like him because you know he has money? Even though, <laughs> exactly. even though Shailene, Shailene has money of her own. Like, I, I know that. But isn't it less romantic in a way? Because it's just like, oh, it's a status thing. Like, oh, he's the same status as me. At least if she watched football, it'd be like, I know him as a football player. I, I, I like him for his post-game interviews. But to not know him from a hole in the ground and get engaged this quick seems less romantic than had she known him before. Well, you know, I mean, like- the idea is is that she got to know him somewhere off the field. Like at a, they met at a restaurant or an event and it was just taken by his personality and his conversation and his spirit. That that So it's not just like I'm impressed by his bank account because how, how would she, if let's say she met him at a party, you know? Yeah, and it doesn't she, come up at all. One of her girlfriends doesn't come up and goes, oh my God, that's Aaron Rodgers. He's a... NFL quarterback. She pro- she knew who he was. She knew he was a famous quarterback, but she probably was just like, I don't watch football games. Like, mm-hmm. I, like I buy that. If she's like an artsy actor, it's like, but also it's like, anyway, to Max's point, it's like, let's say that he wasn't a famous football player, but he was like a super wealthy hedge fund manager and he's at this party. It's like, I think that, I think his bank account and his status gets him into her circle and then it develops yes. from there. And I feel like this narrative of, oh, I didn't even know who he was, is supposed to trick us into thinking that it's a true love story that it's like, yeah, exactly. Like, oh, he could have worked anywhere. Right, 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 right. Yeah, he was bagging groceries at the local market and we just fell in love. 
but it's like he needed to be of a certain status for them to even be able to connect. A hundred percent. I mean, I think the other thing though, why maybe it is kind of romantic is that she, she, she doesn't, she's not like one of those like wives who just like wants to sit courtside at the game and be seen or like, is that impressed by the fact that a lot of people are like cheering him on or just like likes to be like hanging off his shoulder? She's just like, no, I like him just for him. Like, I don't really care. He has a job that he likes. That's good. We get along. That's great. Like, as opposed to being sort of like a trophy wife or something, you know, like that, that old expression. What I'm suggesting is she only likes him because he's a quarterback. <laughs> that's what i think in a, in a in a strange way like mike is saying he only got in the door for that reason and if he lost his job i don't think the relationship would last wow because i've seen him in interviews and <laughs> like i feel I, like he, he are, you lacks, are you suggesting he's he's a bore he's a bore and i i i don't know i just i really like shailene and i feel like i don't <laughs> don't you think shailene's the best like don't you love her like it's something about her, like is very crush worthy. Yeah, I big feel time like she, I feel like she just has like hearts in her eyes because of his status and the fact that he's an NFL player. Yeah. Well, I mean, but here's the thing though, is Shailene also uh, is crushed on by most people. And she, number one, so she has her pick of the litter because yes. every fucking guy would probably want to go on a date with her. That's what I mean. And number two, she also has access to every rich person too because, you know, she's rolling in Hollywood. So it's not like, she does. She has a lack of options. She has every option. That makes the love seem more authentic to you, uh, yeah. Max. Where yeah. Shane's suggesting that it's only his status that makes him appealing to her. Hmm. Yeah, not that she needs his money, but she wants that status of someone to be at the same level as her. And she's trying to put like a smoke screen in front of it to be like, oh, I didn't even watch football. That was the only thing that made me mad. <laughs> You seem pretty crushed about this. Uh, this story that seems to have tickled, uh, uh, you know, America and pop culture. This this sort of opposites attract people you wouldn't think would get married. Uh, you 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 seem pretty uh, bummed about Shane, it. Shane, do you have any other relationship, any celeb relationships that really irk you in this way? Is this like more about your Shailene crush than anything else? Or is there anybody else that like sort of like for me? I think I might have talked about this before. It annoyed me that Carrie Russell and Guy, whatever the hell, who are now married, yes, who are on that the bothered me yet, because she used to be married to a car carpenter just some mm-hmm. normal joe and i love that yes. and then she just dumped that guy dated her hollywood co-star yes and now they're together and yes, i was I like was... i was like carrie you're better than that you you had the normal guy you should have stayed with the normal guy and i guess because i feel like i'm that person i'm that carpenter right and yeah, then yeah, yeah. and then when shailene goes for him it's like oh it's just because he has that job if i was an nfl quarterback even if she didn't care about football, she'd care about the status that comes along with that. Mm-hmm. And she would give me a shot. And I feel like Shailene and I would get along a lot better <laughs> than her. And what's his Rogers, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Shane, yeah. this is very deep seated. I think this is what is happening right now is the cute drama girl that you have a huge crush on just mm-hmm. fell for the high school quarterback ah, and yeah. you don't like it. It's not that deep seated. Like I'm saying it. Yeah. It's yeah. Not like, <laughs> <come on. laughs> 